Hello and welcome to the Tennis Pal Chronicles, the podcast to feed your passion for all things tennis. I'm your host, Philip Kim, also known as the Director of Tennis for the City of Azusa in sunny Southern California. Hey everyone, it's Valerie Garcia, your co-host from sunny Southern California. I am not a tennis director, I am just a crazy person. Just kidding, I am a crazy tennis fan. We're both crazy. It's so (laughs) fun to be together, Valerie. Thank you for being the co-host for this show. Thanks for having me and letting me be crazy. So, Valerie, I got to go to Sweden recently, and I was... Lucky. Yes, I am very lucky. It was an amazing trip, and of course, one of the highlights for me was I wanted to be able to play tennis in another country, which I haven't, I have never done before. I've never played tennis outside of the United States. So did you fulfill your desire? I did. I stayed with a very good friend of mine named Marcus, and he was kind enough to book a session to hit at a private club in a city called Stigtuna, Sweden. Very nice. Never heard of that city. Putting them on the map. (laughs) Philip Kim. I doubt it. (laughs) But it was a beautiful facility, and I took some pictures. I'll put the pictures up on the blog so people can see. We played indoor because it was raining that morning, but outside they had beautiful clay courts as well, so I could have actually played on red clay. And you didn't? I couldn't because it was raining outside, and and he had already booked the indoor court. But one of the things that I thought was so amazing, the way he booked it was he signed up online, paid online, reserved the courts, and they sent him a access code that allowed him to go to the club, enter the code, and we walked in to this multi-million dollar facility. I mean, indoor tennis courts, lights, furniture, the whole deal. It was a beautiful space, and no one else was there. We just walked in. It was completely based on trust. We just started to play and kind of hit around, and I was just thinking, this would never happen in L.A. (laughs) (laughs) I think my friends would be selling that code, you know? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Living there, I think. I could rent it out to skateboarders. Exactly. I couldn't believe the high level of honesty and integrity that the Swedish people have. I was so impressed by that. Yeah. Respect for our sport as well. Respect for the sport as well. And so we were out there playing, and I recorded some audio of us playing. It was so fun. And it was my friend Marcus and his daughter Nellie. And it was actually Nellie's first time playing tennis. Wow. So it was really fun to introduce her to tennis. And so I interviewed him and I interviewed Nellie a little bit about their experience of tennis and what tennis is like in Sweden. They really had a great time playing tennis and they actually committed that they were going to start doing this more often because they had such a great time. But it was just so great to be there in Sweden playing tennis. I just wanted to share some of my experience with our listeners and maybe they would learn just a little bit about what it's like to be in Sweden or to travel and play tennis. And I'd also love to hear from our listeners if they've done this often and if that's their experience, love to hear their thoughts as well. That would be fantastic, especially Sweden. For me, when you told me you were going, I mean, when I hear Sweden, it's it's synonymous with t- rich tennis history. So many great champions come from there. So I just think, you know, it's like the mecca, you know, of, of a place to go to play tennis. So that's really awesome. You got to go there and have that. I'm happy for you. Me too. I had a great time. I can't wait to see the pictures. Yes. Yes. I'll post a lot of pictures. Well, I hope you guys enjoy this show about Sweden. Here's a little bit of my experience. All right. I just got in the car with uh, 
Marcus and Nelly. Hi guys. Hi. hi, hi. So this is uh, our first time going to play, well my first time playing to play tennis internationally in Sweden. And Marcus, can you tell me a little bit about the place that we're going to play? It's in uh, Sigtuna. Uh, Sigtuna, one of the oldest uh, uh, cities in Stockholm. And it's, uh, it's a big tennis uh, court. Uh, a lot of, uh, of the Sigtuna people play tennis here. Right, and did you say it was kind of like a nice, more upper class court? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. So, so this, uh, this part of, uh, of Stockholm is uh, a lot of uh, uh, rich people. Sigtuna is one of the closest to what we call Mälaren. It's uh, uh, the water comes all, all the way from Stockholm to Sigtuna. And so do you think in general that people who play tennis are more uh, people that have money? No, I don't think so in, in general, but for me, I think uh, we see it as, an, as a sport that you could do all your life, maybe. Does that make sense? Yeah, we often say that, like tennis is something you can play all your yeah. life. But just because you have to go to a club and pay fees and something, so it's a little bit maybe more expensive, whereas in the U.S. we have public parks that are free. So anybody can go to play tennis at a public park. It doesn't cost anything. But it sounds like here in Sweden, do they have public parks that are open for free to people to play tennis? Um, maybe not a lot of them, but, but there's definitely some I've seen, yeah. Do you think that it happens more in certain areas than others? Yeah, probably. I would say so. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe like yeah, sports like soccer is more popular in the... The not so well-off neighborhoods. There's a lot of like soccer fields there, so uh, yeah, I would say so. That's great, and I mean soccer takes a lot of land, so yeah. <laughs> that's a big, that's a big space, a lot more than tennis. But how do you feel about tennis popularity in your country? Is it growing, or do you feel like it's getting more popular or less popular? I don't know. Actually, I think it's quite the same as it has been. We haven't have. Uh, when we had uh, Edberg, Borg, everybody played. Yeah. We all went out uh, after the after the the matches. So, but uh, nowadays we don't have. I, th I don't think we have a a big uh, uh, sportsman in, in tennis. Tennis hero. Yeah. I don't think so. So that's. Uh, I don't think it's that big that it used to be. Yeah. And then Nelly, who's sitting in the back, she's 21 now. Yeah. 21, right? So this is like the new generation. What do you think young people think about tennis? Um, I think it's kind of like that said. Um, there's not a lot of kids my age that play it. Definitely wasn't like a big one when I grew up. Soccer was the big one. Uh, we had Slatan as our hero, I guess. Um, so I think maybe it's... Uh, it's not that big with the younger generation, at least here in Mashta, Sweden. But I'm excited. It's my first time. <laughs> yeah, and you said you, you were excited to play tennis. You wanted to try it. Yeah. You've never taken it in school or never no, had classes? Never. never. Um, in school, it's mostly like uh, gymnastics, um, indoor... Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's, uh, you play with a stick, like in a small ball. What's it called in English? Field hockey, maybe? Yeah, indoor. Like badminton? On ice? No. No, not on ice. Like on carpet? On carpet, yeah. And it's, so it's, is it hockey? Yeah, it's like indoor hockey, but like yeah, no ice or nothing like that. Uh -huh. Maybe you don't even have it in, in the States, I don't maybe, know. Maybe not, yeah. yeah. We, we have field hockey that they play on the grass. 
Oh yeah, it's more like that. Ah. Something like that, yeah. So that's big too, and that in soccer. But uh, no, we never played it in school. Not at all, actually. So we're here at the tennis courts, and there are zero cars here. <laughs> at 7 in the morning. No one is here. It's a huge black facility with metal siding. Beautiful. It looks fairly new. I mean, actually. It is new. It's like uh, five years old. Okay. Yeah, so it's a brand new place, and we'll go on in. Yeah, it's pouring rain now. So, good thing we booked indoor. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Sigtuna Tennis Club. And nobody's here. <laughs> it's completely dark. This is so awesome. Oh, nice echo. Wow. Wow, this is huge. How do you, how do you know? We booked, it was called B. Oh, oh, I see the name. So you could just walk in and, and yeah, help yourself. Code. Oh, you have the code. Yeah. So they don't have an attendant here. No. Uh huh. Hello. <laughs> such such an echo in here. Oh man. Wow, this is beautiful. This is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So is this cement, Marcus? This is, uh, yeah, underneath it's cement, but then uh, this is a carpet. This is a carpet, uh huh. Some yeah. kind of tennis flooring then. Wow, thank you for bringing me. This is so great. For me, this is like a dream because I get to play in another country. So we have that, and then we have the new ball. Okay, great. So these are Wilson open balls. It's going to bounce very different here, I'm sure. The great sound of tennis can balls in Sweden. There it is. <laughs> so we're playing with Wilson uh, US Open 2 balls. Yay, brand new. And usually in US it comes three in a can. Uh-huh. So you guys get four in a can, which is even better. Oh, better wow. deal. <laughs> so is it important that they are always new? Uh, yes, unfortunately, yeah. Why do they lost their pressure? Bounce it off? Yes, pressure, of course. Yeah, so that's why when you feel them brand new, you can actually squeeze the can like this, and if it's it should be very tight uh -huh. because there's so much pressure in the can, it's sealed. Oh. If you go to the store and you you can do this, then they're already okay. dead. Some hole or some they okay. lost their pressure. They won't bounce well. So you use them once and then you throw them away? No, you can use them for many, many times, but it just gets worse and worse each uh -huh. time. Yeah, and unfortunately, this is one of the worst offenders for recycling. So we use 300 million tennis balls a year. Oh, that's a lot. And they cannot be recycled. Okay. It's very hard to take the felt off the ball. Inside is rubber, 
So it's <laughs> rubber and then they put felt oh, yeah. and they can't be recycled. We try to give them to older people who use them on walkers or oh, right. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or schools, they put it in their chairs right. or yeah. tables so it doesn't make a sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then of course dogs give old tennis balls to dogs oh, right. to chase. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. But other than that, landfill. Oh, okay. It's terrible. Yeah. Mm. So you need to like get, cut them up and then put them in the field, landfill? When you just put them in the trash, they go to the trash to ah, okay. landfill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, let's try this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. just finishing tennis and we played in a place called Sigtuna with Marcus and Nelly. Marcus, how did you enjoy your tennis today? I really enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Yeah. Did you learn anything interesting about tennis? Oh yeah, just as you said with the with the where to play with the tennis racket and in the center and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was fun. That's great. And Nelly, this is your first time ever playing yeah, tennis. First time. So much fun. Um, and so much harder than I thought too. Um, there's a lot of like, uh, you really have to think how you move your body and hips and arm. Uh, but it's, uh, it's also fun to, to try to learn those things, even though it was super hard. <laughs> Nelly, I thought you did amazing playing. I, uh, we were able to rally back and forth and have like 10 to 14 balls. It was really amazing. Good job. So, uh, Marcus, how much does it cost to play tennis here at this club? So, uh, for us who's not a member, it was uh, 140 kroner for an hour. And I think those who are in the club got 50% off. It's like $20 for us. So, $20 an hour or two an hour. hours? No, an hour. So, $40 total for yeah. our time together. Wow, thank you for paying for that. <laughs> In the U.S., we have private clubs where you can do that and pay for it. But really, obviously, public courts and the streets are all free. So I think usually it's about the same, $20 an hour for the private courts as well. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I thought it was interesting that there was no attendant at all. So how did that work? Uh, we just got a, when you go to the website, you get a code, and then you put the code in the uh, at the door, and then you just go inside and switch up on the light and yeah play there was no one else waiting for the courts or anything could you have played for five hours yeah I think so you can be there until they uh, the other ones come yeah. yeah but uh, I mean it's uh, if uh, if you get caught you know it's uh, I don't think that's uh, like appreciate a good it. appreciate it no oh here's a tennis court oh, so, yeah so it's kind of a shame-based system like you wouldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. And in general, Sweden, even if no one was waiting, they would not stay longer. No, they would not. Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe 10 minutes or something, but no, no, 
They wouldn't. Not five hours. No, no, no. Like in America. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Try to squeeze every... Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's great. You said you noticed the difference in the rackets. Did, what did you notice? Oh, yeah. The, the, the ones that I used were... Uh, the bigger one was so loose. So for me, it was... Uh, it didn't, uh, uh, how do you say it, didn't uh, match you or uh-huh. it didn't uh, bounce back. Right, right. The other one was so much better because it really, you could feel the, the pressure going to the ball. Yeah. And Nelly, did you notice anything about the rackets? Um, I think uh, one of them was, uh, at least for me, like more heavy and way bigger. And I found that harder. Um, you said your arm was starting to feel tired? Yeah, because I felt that I was uh, not doing the right angles too much, like coming from above. So the racket, like, uh, yeah, I really felt in my hand that it was moving. You can feel the difference when you hit it right in the middle, more under. Uh, it was more easy on your arm, I felt like, yeah. So do you plan to play more tennis? I would love to, definitely, yeah. And do you I'm gonna try to. any of your friends will play with you? I think so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to see. Do you, do you think they would pay money to play because it's expensive? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, everything costs here, so we're used to it. Yeah, I think so. Wow, this is so much fun. This is great. And it was really fun to hear Marcus yelling and screaming. <laughs> because tennis can be a very frustrating sport, especially when you're learning. But all your life, you're getting better and better. So it's really fun. Now. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Hey, so I was going through my Tennis Pal app, and there are so many cool people on Tennis Pal. I love meeting these people via their pictures. It's kind of like Facebook, where you get to look at all of their pictures, but the cool thing is it's just tennis, all tennis, all the time. Yes, I do too. I was watching a really cool video on people practicing and just, you know, posting a video of an amazing shot they made. Yeah, so here's Adrian Varnin, uh, Luis Nguyen. And, oh, Tennis Pal Concierge. So the Tennis Pal Concierge, I think, is like the host of Tennis Pal. And they're posting something about their Flex League that just started in September. So you can join a Flex League that's run by Tennis Pal as well in your city. Yes, and I've played in Flex Leagues. They're awesome for people like me or you with a busy schedule when you cannot go, you know, every Saturday at 8 a.m. or something along those lines so you can work with the league and the players you are playing against to schedule a time that's fitting for everyone. Yeah, it's really fun to see these pictures. Here's Marina Heredia. Look at that beautiful picture. This yes. person has a lot of style, that's for sure. I'm going to like it right now. And she has she already has 26 likes on this page, so that's kind of cool. So the Tennis Pal app, I think it's something I really recommend that you get. It's so cool to connect with other people who play tennis all over the country. And it has a messaging feature that allows you to message them directly and say, hey, if you're in the area, you can, let's play some tennis. It actually tells you how many miles away you are from them. So you get a sense of if they're too far and you don't want to bother them. You can get it on the iTunes store as well as the Android store. It's available in both platforms. Highly recommend you pick it up and thank you so much Tennis Pal for being a sponsor for our show. Yes. And now it's time for Fan Favorites. We asked a few passionate friends to share news about their favorite players. 
Hey everyone, it's Valerie with your fan-fave report on Serena Williams. So, what has Serena been up to since her U.S. Open dramatic defeat? Well, I'm sorry to report that Williams has withdrawn from the Beijing tournament, the China Open, and it looks as though she plans to call it quits for the remaining 2018 season. So, how does she plan to keep busy besides hanging out with her husband and daughter? It looks as though she is already off to a fast start with some charitable endeavors centered on health and well-being awareness. For starters, a few days ago, Williams posted a racy video on her Instagram. She's topless and holding her breast while she sings, I touch myself. Okay, calm down everyone. It's not what you're thinking. She is not moving into any adult entertainment industries as far as I've heard. However, she did make this awesome recording of the Divinals 90s pop hit to help spread awareness for breast cancer, early detection and self-examination. Serena shared that making the video took her out of her comfort zone, but she wanted to do it because it's an issue that affects all women of all colors all around the world. Early detection is key, it saves so many lives, and she just hopes this helps to remind women of that. I love myself, I want you to love me. When I feel down, I want you above me. I search myself. I want you to find me I forget myself I want you to remind me I don't want anybody else When I think about you I touch myself Oh, I don't want anybody else Oh no, oh no Think I would die if you were to ignore me This video is part of the I Touch Myself project, which is dedicated to the divinal singer Chrissy Amphlett. The 53-year-old Australian died in 2013 after a long battle with breast cancer. But now, just my two cents, in the light of recent comments about equality with women <clears throat> at the U.S. Open this year, I thought I would insert my own two cents here for the men out there. Although only about 1% of those with breast cancer are male, this still counts for about 2,000 cases per year. So I know that Serena would appreciate the thought to be all-inclusive and remind the men out there also that early detection is key and self-examination is your friend. So if that's not enough, Serena also has recently been working with the Allstate Foundation Purple Purse. The foundation is dedicated to breaking the cycle of domestic violence through financial empowerment. Every year they do a purple purse challenge and Serena has again designed the purse for this year's challenge. In 2017, the purple purse challenge raised over $4 million. This year, the organization says that 300 of those purple purse backpacks that Serena designed will be distributed to shelters across the country in an effort to raise money for those affected by domestic violence. Although the backpack will not be for sale to the public, you can still do your own part to support domestic violence survivors by donating online or purchasing a purple tassel key for as little as $10 on purplepurse.com. And if your heart is really set on getting that purple purse that Serena designed, you can go on their website to donate and enter to win. Each week in October, one challenge donor will win a purse. So make sure to click on the button that says donate for a chance to win. Thanks, everyone, and we'll catch up on the next report on Serena. 
Hi everyone, this is Christine in Budapest, Hungary with the Rafa Fan Report. As everybody knows, Rafa had to retire in his semifinal match in the U.S. Open due to a right knee injury. It turns out that that uh, knee injury is an injury to his patellar tendon. It was so difficult for me to, to keep playing at the same time that way, you know, uh, having too much pain and that was not a tennis match at the end, no, it was just one player playing, the other one staying in the other side of the court. So problem is this this time uh, was something a little bit more aggressive because it was in one movement, uh, was not something progressive. Um, it's not an injury that tells you three weeks off and you are back. It's not an injury that tells you uh, six months off, you are back. It's maybe an injury that in one week you feel better. It's maybe an injury that in six months you don't feel better. So I know I know what's what's going on with the knee. But the good thing is I know how how I have to work to 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 be better. Doctors have advised him to sit out the Asian swing, so he will miss Beijing and Shanghai. But he hopes to be back for the Bercy Masters in the Paris area that start on October 29th. After that, the ATP finals are in London and they begin on November 11th. His coach, Carlos Moya, said that they don't have any deadlines, though. The main thing is the injury gets better and not that they try to force him to play or that he tries to force himself to play as soon as possible. They want the injury to get better first and then they'll see about his playing time. If he's not able to make the events this year, then Carlos Moya said we'll just start uh, next year. I hope that he gets better soon. We all miss him and tennis needs him too. So Rafa has been quite busy off the court with his injury. He and Cristiano Ronaldo, Paul Gasol, and Enrique Iglesias have set to open their Ibizan restaurant called Zella in London. It's supposed to open in September. That should be kind of exciting. It's supposed to be modeled after the cult Ibizan restaurant Zella. So this is the first time it's opening outside of Ibiza. And they said they chose uh, London because of its gastronomic uh, life there. It's some wide variety of food choices there in London. Rafa also attended the Cannes Yachting Festival, uh, where he made a big charity gesture to Venezuela. Uh, he signed a tennis bag and gave it to Venezuela in order to help raise money for a foundation that fights against children's cancer and is looking for new medicine. He took many pictures with fans in Cannes. Maybe he was scouting out a new yacht. Uh, he already owns a 3 million euro yacht that he is often seen cruising out on the, the Mediterranean. Apparently, he goes island hopping in the yacht. He goes to Ibiza and Formentera, if I'm saying it right, in the summer. Rafa has also been spending time at his academy. Just yesterday, there was an event. Part of the Special Olympics for Spain was hosted at his academy, and there were players who had disabilities and didn't have disabilities. They played together to show how people can be integrated and people with disabilities can integrate in, into society. Pictures of, of Rafa congratulating all the players. I think that's about it for the, the Rafa news. I hope he gets back and informed soon. Uh, he's on the tennis court. This is the, the ending part of the season, so 
we'll see a little bit less tennis, I guess, from everybody. Take care, everyone. See you at the next fan report. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. It's Crystal from Talk Tennis Tea, and I've got a fan favorite report for Stefanos Tsitsipas. So, Stefanos, after the US Open, he took a break, went home back to Greece, and he hung up with his family and some friends. I feel like he was well rested after that and he looked fresh going into Moselle Open in France where he was the second seed and he had a bye in that tournament which meant he played his first round match practically in the second round which we saw him lose which wasn't the greatest since he was coming off a great hardcore season in America but that's the way it is. From then on he moved to China where he played in the Shenzhen Open and he was second seed again sadly to say the repeat of the following week happened he lost in the second round this time to Pierre Zubair and it wasn't looking good Steph had a good lead but it just he couldn't hold it together I wouldn't say this didn't look like any indication of injuries but we don't know not sure at the moment he's moving on to Tokyo where he's going to be playing there this coming week hopefully his Asian swing gets a little bit better and he'll be looking good going into Shanghai as well as the ATP next gen finals where hopefully he'll be seated at the moment he's sitting at the top rank if we discount Alexander Zverev so looking good for him hopefully he can keep it up hope to see you guys on the next report Hi, this is Tanya from Republic of Srpska video Novak Djokovic report. Last week Novak Djokovic was part of the Labour Cup tournament where biggest tennis superstars got to spend some time together and got to know each other from another perspective. The biggest stars were Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer who share one of the most important rivalries in the history of this game and tennis world was impatient to see if these guys fit in one team. And they did. Every single moment that we spent with each other on and off the court was was quite refreshing and was was quite interesting and exciting because we got to know each other. Um, I think uh, you know having having a legend Bjorn Borg sitting on the bench and having Roger and and the other guys you know supporting you after every single point, standing up and cheering you on, uh, and having John McEnroe on the opposite bench and. You know, it's it's quite it's quite unique, actually. It's it's it, and yeah. <laughs> I leave that to you. You talk. About it. um, it's 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 almost like a ten like a perfect tennis dream, you know. And and you know, I've experienced a lot, and I've been really blessed to 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 play this sport in high levels for so many years, but. You know, uh, to talk with Roger about different different things related to tennis, life, you know, family, football, and the other guys just joking around and uh, dancing to to Grigor's music and uh, uh, you know enjoying Kyle singing and and following Jim everywhere he goes, Jeremy. So uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I I really hope that we can have another chance to to get together. Watching them cheer one for another was strange but beautiful to see. They also joined their forces in the doubles and even if they lost to Kevin Anderson and Jack Sock, during that match they had the most hilarious moment of the tournament. Djokovic hit a forehand into the back of his teammate, which caused amusement to the fans. The Serb joked that he struck his partner on purpose. Well, 
I made pretty good contact with the ball and the ball made pretty good contact with his back. I just wanted to do the physio work. The physio told me that part of his back needs to get manipulated, Djokovic said. But Federer put the blame on himself. Now there is going to be a headline like uh, Novak tried to injure Roger in the doubles. I don't think it was intentional and maybe my bum is just too big. I don't know. Federer concluded in a funny way. Now let's get back to the more serious things. Tennis world is still amazed by Djokovic's comeback. Many lost hope and thought that he can win titles again, but not two grand slams in a row. The situation has changed and tennis legends are sure that he's dominating the tennis again. One of them is Rod Laver, who is sure that great things are in front of the Serb. I think Novak is on top at this moment, Laver admitted in a recent interview. Five years ago it was Roger, three years ago it was Nadal. I see Novak really being the main one winning a lot of the Grand Slams in the next two to three years. Yeah, Roger at 37, Nadal now is 32 or 33. You know, Novak certainly has got a, a long span of time coming up. And so I see, I see Novak really being the, the, the main, main body and the, the main one that's going to win a lot of the Grand Slams. Next big thing to chase for Novak Djokovic will be number one spot and he will be fighting for that with Rafael Nadal until the end of the year. The Serb is standing just over 1000 points behind the Spaniard. Also, Nadal was forced to skip Beijing and Shanghai and Djokovic has no points to defend until the end of the year. That puts Novak in a good position. He decided not to play in the capital of China to earn some more points, but will certainly be in Shanghai. If he gets the trophy there, he would be the favorite to end this year as the best tennis player in the world, because facts speak that he is a better Indo player than Rafan and also the multiply winner of both Paris Masters and the ATP Finals. Hello everyone, my name is Peter, also known as Tyguy84 on Twitter, and I'm here to bring you your fan report for Andy Murray. Andy was supposed to play Shenzhen and Beijing, and then do a long training block to get ready for Australia. On Facebook, he posted a video message to us to say that he needed a long reconditioning to get himself back to competing again. Hi everyone, I uh, just wanted to give you a quick update on my schedule between now and the end of the year. Obviously over in China just now, um, I'm competing this week in Shenzhen and then next week in Beijing uh, before calling an end to the the year uh, competitively. Uh, I'm going to miss the last couple of tournaments of the year um, because I've decided along with my team that I need a long period of um, training and reconditioning uh, to get myself in the best shape possible for the beginning of the, the 2019 season. and getting myself back competing for the, the biggest tournaments again. So unfortunately, you know, won't be compete, competing after Asia, but looking forward to getting some hard training done um, and making some, some more improvements. Um, you know, it's been really positive the last few months. I feel like um, I've made big strides forward um, in the rehab from the hip surgery. And I feel like with, you know, another um, strong training period, um, I'll, uh, I'll make some big improvements. So. 
Uh, hopefully, uh, next couple of weeks go well in China. Looking forward to it. And um, yeah. In Shenzhen, Andy defeated top seed and defending champion David Goffin. He yet again fell to Fernando Verdasco this year. Jake Davies from BritWatchSports.com said, The Spaniard is one of the very few left-handers on tour that has managed to get multiple match wins over the Brit, and those two other wins have come at majors. He's also had great wins over Fernando, so I'm proud of his comeback. Andy Murray won Shenzhen four years ago against Tommy Robredo. This was one of my two favorite matches of that year against Robredo, as he played another great match against him at the Valencia Open. 2014 was Shenzhen's inaugural tournament as it took over the ATP Thailand Open franchise, of which Andy won in 2011. Andy has had success in Beijing as well, as he beat Grigor Dimitrov there in 2016 to win the title. He had to withdraw from the China Open due to an ankle injury. We all hope he has a great reconditioning and training block to be ready for Australia. Murray will start at the Brisbane International. He is a two-time champion, winning in 2012 and 2013 there. This has been your fan report for Andy Murray. Our tennis giveaway this episode is extra special. We are giving away a free set of Natural Gut tennis strings thanks to our friend Kevin at Natural Gut Wholesale. Just be the first person to sign up for the Tennis Pal app and use the promo code PODCAST in all capital letters when you're registering for the app. You can visit www.tennispalapp.com to download and join the tennis community. Let's congratulate the winner from our last episode, listener Stephen Gula. Thanks for listening, Stephen. So, Valerie, that's our show for this episode. It was really fun to talk about Sweden and share this with you. Thanks so much for caring about it. Of course. Thanks for having it and finding our awesome guests and sharing your personal story with us. It was really fun. Thank you for listening. All of you, thank you for listening. You can join the conversation and access the show notes on the blog, which is lovesetmatch.net, and it's also available in the Tennis Pal app. You can discover some fantastic bonus content like pictures of Sweden. A big shout out to our sponsor, Tennis Pal. Thank you so much for sponsoring this show and making it possible. Go download their tennis app today and find people to play tennis with in your area. Visit TennisPalApp.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to receive notifications on future episodes. And if you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. I know Valerie would too. Yes. You can email us at aces at lovesetmatch.net. May all your serves be aces. May all your serves be aces. Bye, Val. Bye.